Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com and uh, follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. I just tweeted that the beauties are up next. Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca, Linda Leatherdale, Linda Leatherdale. <laughs> You're going to be bad, aren't you? I am so. <laughs> always, always. At Linda Leatherdale. You can't help yourself. D-A-L-E. <laughs> I try to write it in and it won't take it. We don't believe it. It says Leatherdale. L. Leatherdale. L, not Linda, L. Leatherdale. Twitter, that is. Yeah, it doesn't work. Leather doll. I don't know. Catherine's connected to me. Works just fine for me. Yeah, sure. Are you techno challenged? I am indeed. (laughs) It would appear that would appear to be the case. (laughs) And at Michelle Simpson. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Hey, Michelle. Eighty-eight degrees, huh? I am so. I am so envious, Michelle. Eighty-eight degrees. When I know. When I was in California in January. I'm just annoyed. It was cold in January in California, but it is bitter cold here in Canada. It is. When I saw those temperatures, I was started to shiver. It's minus wind chill here in the Socialist Republic of France. (laughs) It's somewhere south of minus forty. Oh my god! Where I am at the cottage is minus forty-three with the wind chill. Oh, okay, not that cold in Bronny Harbor, but it's cold. So I got in my short dog walks today. Very short. I got in. Don't even go out. (laughs) I got in my car and I turned the key and it said, "Please don't try to start me. Please don't try to start me." My my car for the first time in its life didn't start today. And then it said, "My son is charging it now." Wow. (laughs) Then it said, "Leave leave me alone." I'm stealing somebody's lines, but it's funny. (laughs) Anyway, beauties, uh, let's get started with a couple of the issues that we want to get at. There was global national news. I I, I tweeted this, and I had no expectation of the response I get. And uh, and the the headline was, uh, Trudeau's budget promises were far-fetched economists. And I just wrote, what a surprise. And it just took off. And uh, economists are saying that uh, Mr. Trudeau's government will blow through its $10 billion projected deficit this year and not balance the books by 2019 either. And Trudeau admits this. But I was also reading in the Globe today that BMO chief economist Doug Porter says it won't have much of an effect on Canada's $2 trillion economy. And he says even if Canada didn't do anything, it would likely run up a $10 billion deficit. Uh, I'm going to start with the registered uh, with the with the Union of Economists. I love throwing in union in the same <laughs> sentence with Catherine's name. The Union of Economists President Catherine Swift. Well, first of all, I know Doug Porter, and I can't believe he'd say that because we know the 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 thing about deficits, uh, which become debts, of course, are they're so insidious. And as I I, I remember saying, even before the election happened. If somebody's already promising to run a deficit, like the $10 billion they were initially promising to run, that means that in reality it's going to be way worse. Because even if a government strives to have no deficit, they often do end up with one. Uh, and, and this, anyway, I, I guess I've been around too long. I've seen it too many times before. But I just find 
if we're talking 90 billion, which is being bandied about by a lot of people right now, um, that's a heck of a lot of money. And I don't care what the size of your economy is. And, you know, when, when we say it's, it's not a big deal relative to the total, look at our debt relative to the total and add that to our debt because the deficit situation is simply not the only, the only part of the story here. But it, it's just it, it's just frustrating. It, it's really frustrating because, again, we see so many countries, we've seen so many jurisdictions in Canada say, oh, it's only X, it's only Y, not a big deal in the big picture. And then, oops, we're suddenly in big, big trouble. And, you know, you have to change drastically to change that. All right, Michelle, you were Mr. Trudeau's seatmate uh, when you were uh, both Liberal MPs in the opposition. Uh, Mr. Porter goes on to say that spending, uh, if I, I don't want to miss, I won't quote him, I'll just paraphrase. Spending at a time when the economy is sputtering is sensible, if I understand correctly what he said. Maybe putting money into infrastructure is a good idea. Um, and that, of course, made me think of Bombardier and a, and a billion dollars possibly going to them, but that's to keep 24,000 job, 1,000 jobs in place, which made me think of Alberta. And Albertans are going to say, wait a minute, we've got more than 24,000 jobs at risk here or we've lost. So what do you say about putting money into infrastructure? And did you see this coming from this prime minister? And I hate to ask you this. Is he the right guy to do these things, make these decisions? Well, I don't know that he's, he's doing it unilaterally for, for sure. You know, he's got some decent advisors. Do I happen to agree with it? Not particularly. Uh, I think that there was he, there was t- too much dependency and too much emphasis on you know infrastructure spending, uh, while interest rates were low. And you know what? That that could very well change. You know, uh, in terms of seeing interest rates inch up. And I share Catherine's concern about, you know, the, the $10 billion. I never believed if they were, you know, copying to $10 billion, in my mind, I was figuring for fun it would be at least three times that, based on my own experience. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm beginning to believe that that $90 billion that's being bantied around is maybe not going to be far off based on what no. we're seeing these days. So, you know, Michelle, you say his advisors. What worries me is an awful lot of them advised Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty for years. Yeah. And we know what a big, fat, hot mess Ontario's in right now. It is the most indebted subnational, in other words, not a national government, uh, jurisdiction in the world. In the world, in for the goodness world. sake. Well, no, and that's a good point, that a lot of them came from Queen's Park. Unbelievable. So, when you so, so, the, so the next question is, why would you take advice from people who've driven Ontario into the ground? Because <laughs> they keep getting them elected. <laughs> Linda, hold on. Sorry. Sorry, I'm looking at the clock. Linda, I'm already looking at the clock. I have to do this because we have other issues that we want to get out to. Linda, what about the uh, what about the uh, the notion, the idea, the, the, the point of view that in difficult economic times, uh, you create employment in infrastructure spending, particularly when you have in- infrastructure that needs spending uh, money spent on it. So you borrow money in order to create jobs and you drive the economy that way. What do you say to that? Well, I just say, let's go back to the Bob Ray government and Ontario, which is in a worse mess today than it was when Bob Ray was there. It didn't work. And I also want to remind everybody, come on, guys, the combined federal and provincial debt in this country is approaching 1.3 trillion. That's almost 65% of our economy. 
36000 for every man, woman, and child, but that's $60.8 billion in interest payments. The federal government alone is going to spend $26 billion in interest. That's almost the same as national defense at $23.9 billion. I know these are a lot of numbers to digest, but what I am saying Yeah, here, they are for somebody who's got 100 bucks in their bank account. <laughs> but what I'm saying here, we're paying so much on interest. I mean, in Ontario, we spend more on interest than the whole welfare system. Linda Leatherdahl. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> I'm just saying that debt, I, I don't Settle know where down. we got into this. Wall Street <laughs> made a mistake with this, that debt is okay. okay. No, guys, it's not okay. All right, 60, I'm oh, sorry, 60 seconds before I break. Catherine, uh, when Doug Porter, and you know him, when he says, and if I read it correctly in the Globe and Mail, that even if Canada didn't do anything, I don't want to sound like a supporter of Justin Trudeau, but however, I'm going to ask you this question. Even if Canada didn't do anything, there'd be a $10 billion deficit. I don't believe that at all. But to be fair, too, though, you know, there can be sensible programs that government can help. I don't believe, and you know me in infrastructure spending, so much of it goes to union-only procurement that costs us way more than it has to. But do you remember the, the, the renovation tax credit of a bunch of years ago there? That was a good program. Yep. It cost the government yep. some dough, but it meant a lot of us did something around our house. We hired people. We didn't overpay uh, privileged people the government picked. And I believe that kind of program could be hugely important. Why don't they do something like that? That's a lot easier to administer, and it's a lot more cost-effective than government taking billions, cherry-picking who they give it to, and which writings they put it in, by the way, and waste a lot of our tax money. Does that happen? Absolutely. Agreed. Does, does that happen? <laughs> Agreed, Catherine. Yes. Does that happen? Do they really do that? Come on, Roy. <laughs> Shake your head. <laughs> We're going... <laughs> We're going to come back with the always quiet and calm and reserved threesome uh, with Linda Leatherdale, <laughs> Michelle Simpson. It's only funny to me. It's only funny to me. I'm sorry. Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, and Michelle Simpson. More of the beauties after this. And it's our Beauties and the Beast Saturday segment with Linda Leatherdale, Michelle Simpson, Catherine Swift, workingcanadians.ca for Catherine at Michelle Simpson on Twitter for Michelle, and at Linda Leatherdale on Twitter for Linda, also Vice President of Cambria, Canada. Uh, we have limited time. We have a bunch of issues that we want to get at, and the next one that we need to talk about is, uh, and I know you're all interested in this, and Michelle, I'm going to start with you. There appears to be, or it appears to be, that there's going to be a whipped vote on assisted suicide, and uh, this is after the Prime Minister promised that MPs will be permitted to vote their conscience on this type of issue. If you were a Liberal Member of Parliament today, and I know you have great interest in this issue, uh, if you're a Liberal Member of Parliament today and the Prime Minister says, Michelle, this is how you're going to vote, what do you do? I wouldn't be able to vote it as a whip vote. And I, I took that stance a couple of times in the past when I was a sitting member. Um, and it isn't for religious reasons. It isn't for anything except, you know, in terms of principle. I think what he's doing, though, is he's equating it with the um, abortion issue, which he's saying is a constitutional issue as opposed to a vote of your conscience. And he wants people to have the right to make the decision to end their lives, to have a physician assisted death. Yes. That's the expectation. That's what he wants. Uh, do you think that in that caucus, 
there's going to be trouble, or do you think they'll all fall in line? Well, I think there's going to be people that uh, get a case of the flu, for sure. I know of a number of them that will, um, because I did work on a parliamentary committee that was all parties, with the exception of the bloc. And um, they had a private member's bill that came from the bloc that, you know, wasn't a whip vote, and it went down at big time in defeat. So, you know, I, 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 it's going to be highly charged. It's going to be a very emotional time. Yeah. Can we, can, we say, can, we, can we tell people what your involvement is with this issue? Uh, yeah, by all means. Um, I happen to do volunteer work for a hospice, and my concern is that we haven't we haven't uh, devoted enough resources to you know hospice care, which could eliminate a number of the issues. It, it isn't universal. It isn't necessarily good. And until we do that, that's that's the reason I would be voting against that particular. Okay, you know, um, Linda, I saw an email from you on this today, mm-hmm. and. Um, I've talked to a physician recently who heads a national group of doctors who are fundamentally opposed to physician-assisted death. But she said, and other doctors have said to me, palliative care is great for those who can get it. And that's where one of the big problems arises. It's not available to everyone. So where do you come down on this? Well, you know, and... I agree. I mean, it's pretty a sad state that people cannot get the care that they are looking for, particularly as, as I pointed out earlier with, um, well, the taxes that we pay, um, certainly. Um, it, it, this is a tough issue. Um, Quebec, uh, Roy, am I right? Has, um, I think just this year, the first person died with a doctor assisting them. I, I, it's like abortion. This is a tough one. But me personally, I have had very close friends of mine and I watched them die from cancer in particular, um, and some of them would have loved the choice to, if they knew they were going to die and they were going to go through all this pain and suffering, wouldn't it be better to be able to just go out on a high than indignant? Mm. Um, so I guess, you know, it's, this is a tough one. Well, it's, a, we're, it's one we're all going to have to deal with, and I'm saying that I'm going to bow out of this mm-hmm. because it's too, it's too close to home right I, now I'm for me. Sorry, Roy, yes. I'm sorry, um, Roy, yes. Catherine, what are you, uh, where do you, where do you say, stand on this? Well, it's, a, of course, a tough issue. Totally agree with my fellow beauties. But I guess what gets me, though, is this is exactly the kind of issue that Trudeau implied he was going to permit MPs to vote their conscience on, and here he's backing off. And, you know, I was thinking when we were exchanging emails through the week among the three, the four of us, uh, you know, we were talking about promises made, promises kept and broken. And all, all governments, you know, break promises they made before they were elected. It's the nature of the beast. But I, I must say, I have never seen a government break so many so fast as this particular federal government. And serious promises like this one on a whip vote, on a conscience issue, on, on deficits like we were talking about earlier, on so many, so many things. And some promises are sensible to break. The refugee numbers one, totally sensible to break. But, uh, but on this, oh boy, I don't know where I come down on this issue. I had my own mom die four years ago. Elderly, you know, elderly and, and you know, nothing yeah. out, out of the ordinary or whatever. And I was with her and did my best for her. And in her case, it wasn't the right decision. It happened naturally at the right time. Not that she was in great shape. Of course, she wasn't. So, boy, 
But it you know is, what? It is Honestly, a hard one. I'd like that option available for yeah. me. I really would. You know, uh, I'm going to say only this. And uh, I did a number of shows about five or six years ago with a 56-year-old British Columbia um, logger who was dying of cancer. And he would stop taking his pain meds. He had just weeks left to live. And he would stop taking his pain meds so he could do the show and he would be oh, wow. alert. That's what he told me. And and he was so passionate about having the right to make the decision to have a doctor assist him to die. His member of parliament opposed him and they talked to each other on the air. And it was a very gracious conversation. They had a difference of opinion. But I, I said at that time, and I've sort of stayed with it, and that's all I'm going to say on it. To me, under certain circumstances... It's the final act of compassionate health care. And that's all I want to say. Uh, we have two minutes left here. Uh, I spoke earlier on, on the show, the beginning of the show, actually. We spoke with Chris Murphy, Toronto criminal lawyer, who's been covering the Gomeshi trial. And uh, Chris has done some terrific work on, uh, on, 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 on covering cases and talking about them and writing about them. And he said he's 95% sure the judge is going to acquit um, Gomeshi on all charges, and that's because the, and I'm paraphrasing here, the performance of the witnesses doesn't leave the judge, the judge any other option. We have 15 seconds for each of you to to, uh, to uh, share your thoughts. Linda? Oh, what a gong show. Oh, my goodness. But you know what? When it comes to the sexual assault and the way that women are being treated and it started in England, I just think it's not doing a service for justice. And um, what an embarrassment on um, those for witnesses mm-hmm. and um, my goodness, the lawyer, she's going to come out here more popular than Eddie Greenspan, but okay. it's, it's an interesting case. Catherine? Well, the thing that got me in this whole case was that Gomeshi himself, when these charges came up and before he got fired, he showed his CBC employers some video of him hurting some woman uh, and, showing, and showing it to say, hey, look, this is consensual. That tells me what kind of guy he is, and okay, I don't let's, like let's not go too far, because we're still waiting for the judge to come down with the decision. Yeah, but that was a fact. Yeah, no, no, I understand. I understand. I'm just, I'm just throwing up the yellow light. No, no, I understand no. that, Roy, but I'm okay. just saying that was a well-documented yeah. fact. Okay. 20 seconds is all I have left. Michelle? I absolutely think that, it, it, you know, the whole thing has been a travesty, as far as I'm concerned, on both sides. It's, going to, have an, it's going to have an impact um, yep. major impact on the way people think yep. and how they act and react. Beauties, thank you so much. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Roy. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the cold. And unless you're in California. Unless you're <laughs> and in happy California. Valentine's Day, Roy. To, uh, well, happy Valentine's Roy. Day. Yeah. Toodaloo, guys. Gotta go. Bye. Toodaloo.